When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. It is Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. The only place where you're going to get Vikings and NFL talk five days a week, Monday through Friday at noon. Also streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. You can uh, also get the Score North mobile app, which is available for Apple and Android, and listen to this show and uh, get all our written content right there at your fingertips it's available, like I said, for Apple and in the Google Play Store. I'm Robbie Makloff along with Judd Zolgat. Declan on the other side of the glass if you want to get in on the show this afternoon. 651-646-8255 or tweet us at SKOR North. And uh, the question on the table at the start of the show today, Judd, is with yesterday's news that Eric Hendricks took a, well, he didn't take a pay cut. He restructured his contract to free up the cap space for the Vikings to complete signing their draft picks. The offseason seems now to be pretty much complete. All the major moves have been made. Free agency is done. Trades are done, which there were none. We thought there might be. There were none. The draft has happened. This is the team that the Vikings will report to camp for next month. Is it next month? Uh, it is or am I getting ahead of, of myself? End of July. Uh, so not quite yeah, next month. But they are starting OTAs here soon. And I just want the football so that. Well, no, but you'll get off-season activities here. Good. That'll go from the classroom to the actual field within the next couple weeks. We'll get meaningless so off-season activities that will make very meaningful just because we are starved for football. Rules will be pushed. People will be hurt. Fines and draft picks will be <laughs> taken away and or dispensed. Don't worry, Rami. The excitement's right around the corner. But my point is this. With the off-season yes. now oh, seemingly complete, yes. I would like you, Judd, and you at 6516 Four six eight two five five to grade the Vikings offseason as a whole on the curve of what they could realistically do. Right, right, right. right? So like they didn't go out and sign um, Gale Sayers or something. They didn't go. They didn't trade for yeah, Antonio no. Brown I, I, or Odell Beckham Jr. You know I mean, what I mean? said they should have traded for Brown. He would grade. He would grade him on that. Um, realistically, with what they could do, not knowing how how the components that they added are going to work, and certainly some of those are draft picks, young players who there's going to be question marks about. But let's just let's just grade, or I'll grade for you what they did as far as addressing needs and doing their best. Um, certainly to to help their offense, and then they kept their structure of their defense together more than probably expected. And you know what I'm going to do. Rami Maklov. What are you going to do, Judd Zelgad? I'm not going to start with a player. I'm going to start with a coach. You're going down the same road I was going to go down. I'm going to start with, well, I just, we, we, 
that part of the conversation, I feel like on if this show... If we both have the same exact thoughts, that cuts our content in half. Okay. So don't have the same the thoughts The hiring of Gary Kubiak was a massive mistake, and I can't... <laughs> I, uh, I believe that we've discussed this a ton on this show, but I also think that it gets forgotten is that the emphasis of how the offense is going to be different doesn't start necessarily with the personnel. Yeah, that's very important. And certainly if the offensive line is improved, that becomes extremely uh, important. But it really starts with bringing on Kubiak as head coach offense. And now Kevin Stefanski's your offensive coordinator, but he's not going to be calling the shots. I don't care what you tell me, he's not going to be. Gary Kubiak is not there as a camp counselor. People don't even talk about Kevin Stefanski. And, and you know what, though? Kevin Stefanski might do a great job. I think personally that Kevin Stefanski is offensive coordinator slash cousins handler. But do you realize that every chance that the media has had to talk to Mike Zimmer... They ask him about Gary Kubiak when it comes to the offense. Nobody ever asks about Kevin Stefanski. But aren't they, but aren't they exactly right? Yes. Like, we're not stupid. Right. Fans aren't stupid. You can, listen. Sport- and Mike Zimmer doesn't even, like, no. he doesn't even try and stop him. He's not like, guys, Kevin Stefanski's part of this, too. He just answers the question. Because Mike, Mike is so relieved <laughs> that offense is off his proverbial plate right now. He could dance for joy, and I'm sure he's had a bunch of uh, celebratory glasses of wine because he's so pleased. So starting with Kubiak and then going to the offensive line improvements that this team has attempted to make in the draft and and trying to get Cousins in a basically Mike Shanahan system that's going to fit him, I'm going to give the Vikings right now a B minus. Because I'm not, you know, because you couldn't go out because of your cap situation. You couldn't go out and necessarily address the offensive line with veteran guys, which would have been ideal. But I do think, as you phrased it, if you're going to be fair and say, okay, you had a, you had needs, though, that had to be addressed, I think they did a pretty good job. They're coming back now with um, with Diggs and Thielen as their two primary receivers. I get that. Now, their third receiver not really addressed, and we know that Laquan Treadwell is not good, but Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. as your tight ends certainly provide you uh, what could amount to basically being a third receiver, guys that can catch the ball. Anthony Barr comes back unexpectedly. Now, for cap purposes, we could debate that, but it helps the defense certainly, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give them, if this is possible, a very solid B- minus grade on the moves that have been made, and I think you're right. Basically, the moves are done. Yeah, they're they're done making moves. Yeah. Kyle Rudolph stays. Well, unless they do something surprising. Trey Wayne stays. No, but no, Xavier, I think, Xavier Rhodes stays. I think we have to assume, as we have this conversation in the middle of May, that everybody that we've talked about stays now. The major pieces Unless are Unless something in place. really weird takes place. There won't be any major pieces added, and there probably won't be any well, major pieces subtracted. Never assume with the Vikings, because weird stuff can happen. But I'm with you. Okay. I think you're right. And you're giving them a B-. minus. B-. minus. What, what are you knocking off for? What, what brings uh, it down? Fact, so let's say it's you start at an A+, plus, sure. and then you're bringing your... What are the marks off for the let's Vikings? See. That is a very fair question. That's what I And do. I feel like a college professor, I can answer it and tell you, and I can tell the Vikings where they need to improve for next year so they can get an A- minus from me as opposed to a B-. minus. Is that as high as the Judd Zelgad grading scale goes, A-? minus? Oh, I'm not giving you an A. What, what do you think? I'm crazy? I'm a college professor here. I'm not a kindergarten teacher. I'm not into patting heads. I'm into life lessons. Um, the minus is attached because of the fact that you were in a predicament cap-wise, and especially once Barr came back, 
and you decided that you were going to keep Griffin, that you couldn't go out and really pursue what would have been probably more quality veteran talent on the O-line to fill some of those gaps. The Klein guy that they got from the Titans is coming off a bad year, so to me that does not really count. So I ding them a little bit for the fact that their predicament left them in a, a situation where they essentially were trying to either go on the cheap to get offensive line help and or draft for it as opposed to address it if they had had more room. But that was their choice. Right. So you're, so their, their choice then takes me from probably what would have been a, a B-plus or a B just down a little bit. But I'm not giving them a C. No, no. So I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm I'm not saying your grade here. is unfair. I'm being very at fair all. here. Especially when you consider that the Judd Zelgad grading scale starts at A-. minus. Yes. That's where it starts. Well, and they are probably perilously close to a C-plus here, but I did like, I liked the philosophy so in if you were the a draft professor, of we've got to fill, we've got to do these things. If you were a professor for Declan's uh, college math class, which he told us uh, he took Don't yesterday. put me in charge of math, Which please. is an actual, it's just Change. college math. It's college math. Eight. That's all, that's exactly, yes. that's what it was called. It wasn't like algebra, trigonometry. Like for dummies? It was just yes. called college math. Oh, I like this I, class. I had such a low ACT score, I had to take a test just to prove I can. What was the, the number next to it? Like, you know how they have 101? Was it like... 193. Okay. Math 193. I thought like, it would be like sub 100. I thought it would be like So I had to one. take math 070 to prove I can <laughs> get into the math 193 class, which I failed three times. So if you're, Declan, if you're the professor of Declan's wow. college math class... Good for you. I can't believe it's really a thing still. Why? If he nails, why, all, why can't you believe that? Because I assume that it would have like a more specific title, like I said, trigonometry, advanced algebra. Oh no, Rami, like Rami, the things Rami. people this are actually Saint, learning in this college. Is, this is Saint Cloud. This is Saint Cloud State. <laughs> um, the the Saint Cloud State University uh, is a great school, but it admits everyone, and it's everyone's favorite safety school. There's a reason I only applied to one school and one school only. And good for them. Yes. I turned out as, great. Look at me. Here you are. As a guy, as <laughs> a guy that took every possible dumb math class that I could at Benilde, they have, yeah, they have, you can't do, the classes you're talking about, I would have had no chance. <laughs> I took dumb math the entire time. It was the greatest Is that thing. what yours was called? Dumb math. It was just dumb math I was 101. In, I wish that was available. <laughs> I was in the greatest, the greatest <laughs> classes I took at Benilde were, were math. And I, I was in, in that with all stoners, basically, so it was fantastic. Uh-huh. Sounds great. And the teacher would mock the kids. Now, you wouldn't mock me because I just didn't really care, right. and I kept quiet. Right. The great, but the what do you gr- mean he would mock the kids? Well, he'd just make fun of them because they didn't care. They didn't do their homework. I sort of did. I didn't uh-huh. really care that much myself, but I didn't get mocked. The greatest transition at Benilde I ever made, though, and this is just pure genius, and if 30-plus years after the fact, kids, if you can do it, do it. Second year of French, right? I'm just a miserable failure at French. Like, I'm not going to learn this. It's just a complete... I transfer, wait for it, to pottery. You got wow. out of a language into an art? Yes. Wow. In, in 1987, Declan, dreams were possible. Yeah, no kidding. Yes, and I transferred to pottery early morning. How pot- was that an option? How did those two... I, I, because it was, the, it was the 80s, dude. Things were different. We didn't care as much. <laughs> My brain wasn't considered important, which was great. <laughs> it was the greatest class. I, it was first period, so it started at like 8 o'clock. We'd play KQ, play old school rock, do the kill thing, and basically kids would come in fried from the parking lot. Greatest class I ever took. 
Because it was all about human human psychology, right? I mean, where else do you learn lessons on life except when you're in a pottery class at 8 a.m. with a bunch of baked students? Being an inner city, <laughs> I was I was not baked because I was too. And just to make it clear. I was too wimpy. Being an inner city public school kid, I'm glad this was also happening in private high school. So this oh, is fine. Oh, you know, yeah. if everyone in the pottery shop is baked, that explains why Demi Moore yeah. saw Patrick Swayze in the pottery shop. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> it was the greatest first hour class I ever took. Football. That and typing. <laughs> typing was a great class, too. My teacher said the first day of typing class, circa 1986, Mrs. Shearer said, this will be the best class you kids ever take at this high school, and she was 100%. Right. I, uh, my, and then we'll, we'll get back on oh, the subject right. here. My, my, Sorry about that. My last semester in college, I needed one more elective, so I took an art class, a drawing class, and I literally went up to the teacher on the first day. I was like, look, I don't, I don't care about drawing. I'll never be good at it. I have no interest in it. Like even other people's good drawings, I don't have any interest in unless they're inside of a comic book. I simply need an elective. I'm just here to pass, and I'll be on my merry way with the diploma. And she was like, fine. Yeah, she was like, just show up and do the assignments, and I'll grade you on the assignments, and uh, and you'll get the credit for the course, and you'll be on your way. So I did, and my drawing did not improve at all over the course of the semester. I just handed in terrible drawing after terrible drawing. But you got credit? She was true to her word. She gave me a C, and gave me, and I got my degree. Oh, you got a C? And, and I was nice. on my way, yeah. C's get degrees, man. That's yeah. another motto at I can't draw. State. No, it's terrible. I, I still draw. I still have, just to look back at them and laugh, I still have my drawings from that course, and they are terrible. But I made a killer ashtray. I should bring them in. You do a show and tell with uh, with Danny on... Yeah, that's the whole... Yeah, Cluster, cluster Fun, right? I always should, bring I in I should stuff. bring in my college drawings. We'd love to see them. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. I have no idea why. I'm on stage. It's a, it's a self-portrait. I'm on stage doing stand-up comedy with my dog. My dog is on stage next to me. I'd like I, have, to see I have no idea why. I'd like to see this. It makes no sense whatsoever. Sure it does. You were baked. <laughs> Just admit it. It's okay, Rami. Yeah, come on, man. It's legal in I a did, lot of states now. I did acting for everyone in the same situation in St. Cloud for like a last class. So. It was the 2000s, man. Th- Things yeah. were different. It was, yeah, exactly. That's what you say. It was the millennium. That's how it was working. It was the aughts, bro. It was 2015, dude. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, this show has gone completely off the rails. Oh, yeah, you're grading the Vikings. I don't think I'll get to my grade this segment because now I'm finally going to get to the question I was trying to ask you before we completely derailed, which was, so you're Declan's professor. He nails every question, 100%. You're still not giving him an A? Well, not not if he's starting from a place I don't like. <laughs> no, I told you, it's this is life lessons. This is not. This is not only about the results. It's about the process of how you got there. All right? So if I don't like how we got there, no, I'm giving him an A minus. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm tough. <laughs> okay, that's fine. So a B minus, B minus is what Judge which, which gives I the do Vikings, think, which I do think is very fair for the off season. I think it's fair, but I do think it starts with Kubiak, and that's the key to me. That's not the grade I would give them, but it's fair. I think it's fair. I would expect your grade would be higher. Six four six, excuse me, six five one six four six eight two five five. Math is again not our strong suit. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Or reading. Or reading. <laughs> if you want to get in, hey, do you want to get into radio? As we're asking you, can you read? No, good. To great Vikings no, off season. It's Purple Daily. We're on Score North on fifteen hundred. We're on that Score North mobile app, which is very very handy. It's right there on your at your fingertips. You can stream us live. You can subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. Give us those five star ratings. And the longer you listen live with the score north app the more points you rack up for potential rewards it's available 
for uh, Apple and Android, and you can get uh, Judd's columns there and all our columns from the Score North staff. We'll hit a quick break. Grade the Vikings offseason when we return on Purple Daily. Mackie here for Federated Insurance. Now, if you listen to the radio show, I'm a numbers guy. Here's a couple numbers that should really get your attention. 2.4 million injured and 35,092 dead. Those are National Safety Council numbers from 2015. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than just statistics. These are family members, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving continues to be an epidemic. It could happen as easy as this. A driver approaches an intersection with a traffic light, and they become distracted reading a social media post. They run the red light and collide with another vehicle, killing the driver and severely injuring themselves. So ask yourself, do you multitask while driving? Do you ever closely follow the vehicle in front of you? Do you find yourself checking your phone for messages while you're driving? Well, according to the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, there are 815,000 distracted drivers on Minnesota roads at any given time. Don't become a statistic. Make it home safe today. To learn more, contact your local Federated Insurance Marketing representative. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com and streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Am I missing something in that list, Declan? Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and at scorenorth.com. I, I think you got it all. All right. I thought um, I was really hoping you weren't testing me there on the whole teaching subject, so. No. Okay, we, so we, I passed. We won't be testing yeah. you. We know better than to Thank test you. you. Thank you. It's seared in your brain, right? Yeah. I'm Rami Makhlouf, along with Judd Zolgan. We're asking you to grade the Vikings offseason now that it seems complete with uh, Eric Kendricks restructuring his contract yesterday so they can afford to uh, sign all their draft picks. So it appears that neither Kyle Rudolph nor anybody else will be traded to uh, free up more cap space. This is the team that they'll report to camp with. So grade the offseason, 651-646-8255, or tweet us at SKOR North. If you're just tuning in, Judd, in the first segment, gave them a B-, minus, which, like I said, is fair, Judd, but it's... Not the grade I would give them, and I'm a little bit more lenient to greater than you, apparently, because I'm willing to give A's. You're not giving them an A. I think I'm giving them an A. Now, again, this is within the parameters of what they were able to do with the restrictions that they had given their salary cap and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I 100% agree with you about Gary Kubiak. I think that the number one goal of the Vikings this offseason was to prop up Kirk Cousins to put him in the best possible situation that you could put him in with the resources that you had at hand for him to be successful and putting him back in a system that he's comfortable in by bringing Gary Kubiak in, I think was a great start to doing that. Mm -hmm. When you talk about free agency and bringing Everson Griffin back. Now I said the number one goal of this offseason had to be to prop up Kirk cousins and put him in a position to succeed. Yes. That doesn't mean it was the only goal because The backbone of the Vikings is that defense. That's why Mike Zimmer is still your head coach. That's the only reason Mike Zimmer is still your head coach is the the backbone of this team is your defense, and he's a brilliant defensive mind. And you already took a step back from 2017 to 2018 with your defense. Even if Kirk Cousins improves, can you compensate and make up for another step back from a defense? Because I know Everson Griffin is not in his prime anymore. Right. But losing Everson Griffin still is a hit to your defense, especially when you've already lost Sheldon Richardson. But if you could have the same offseason, but you've got guys who who can rush. If you could have, if you would have been willing to lose him and been able to bring in a veteran on the left side of your offensive line, I believe that that's but that's was, an improvement that was very possible. Because I'm not, 
Again, I'm not asking that you bring in Pro Bowl players. I'm saying that you could have brought in a veteran who who would have helped you more. And I think at the expense of an aging Everson Griffin, that would have been worth it to me. I I I don't have the names in front of me right now, but I remember being underwhelmed by the class of free agent offensive line. We this often year. are though, right? I think we, but it's just because we don't know them. So I don't, it's a huge. Name. I don't. I don't mind them investing that money in Everson Griffin instead to at least keep your defense level to what it was last year. And I've said before on this show, if this team wants to be in the conversation for a Super Bowl, yep. they have to return to twenty seventeen form even if you get the most improvement you can get out of Kirk Cousins from one season to the next. Mm -hmm. They need to return to 2017 form Mm -hmm. if you want to be in the discussion for a Super Bowl. And I just don't think that you lose Sheldon Richardson and Everson Griffin in the same offseason and and not take a significant step back in in terms of the quality of your defense. You say they have guys who can rush. Yeah, they do. I say you can never have too many pass rushers. I say keeping Everson Griffin provided depth. For pass rushers, which is something that is never a bad thing to have. It, it does, but I'm not sure what you're going to get after what I saw last year, which was obviously a tough year. If he was still remotely close to being the same player, and I was assured of that, I wouldn't have made that move. But I think that with the predicament that they're in and their ability to develop guys, which they are very good at, that that, to me, was a pretty easy, okay, you're done here, and thus we have more money to go address offensive line with a veteran, and you could have done that, and they didn't. But I'm still giving them B-minus. So are you giving them a flat-out A? I'm or giving you giving them a, I think I'm giving a them minus, a solid A. A little A-minus here. I you want to drop I, it down I just half a grade, Professor I think Rami? I'm giving them a solid A. Oh, boy. I do. My kids are throwing spitballs around the classroom. <laughs> Rami doesn't care. <laughs> I don't think it's that crazy. Class. And then you look at what they did in the draft. They addressed their needs in the draft. They got two, yeah, offensive, no, two offensive linemen yeah. with their first three picks. I give them credit for that. They get Irvin Smith Jr. because now that you kept Kyle Rudolph, which was the next point I was going to get to, mm-hmm. you can run some two tight end sets, mm-hmm. which is going to provide extra protection, which is going to provide those. play action opportunities for Kirk Cousins, which he thrives in. Yep. I think that when you when when you look at the goals of this offseason, which was a first and foremost, prop up Kirk Cousins and put him in the best position you can to succeed, mm-hmm. and B, keep this defense at the very least playing at the same level that it did last year, but really if you want to be in the Super Bowl discussion, it needs to return to twenty seventeen form. I think with those being the stated goals and the restrictions that you had in terms of resources and assets, yep. they pretty much did everything that they could. Now, we don't know if the draft picks will pan out, but they pretty. I think they did everything that they could to plug the holes and address the needs and, and, and get as close as they could to achieving those two stated goals I just talked about. On the Griffin point, I think the one thing that you're missing is this, and it's the most important thing to me in this league, and that's loyalty cannot play a role in decisions. So once Barr comes back, okay, he's still good. Like, that was an unexpected development, and he decided to come back, and I, I firmly believe that there are some teams who would have said, Anthony, we appreciate it, but we are going to to move on because it creates so much cap room, and we're going to spend that money elsewhere. I get the Vikings saying, no, you're still good. You're willing to take what is still a bit of a discount compared to what the Jets were going to pay him. So that's all understood by me. But the Griffin thing is a loyalty factor thing that I would have said, sorry, can't do it. Because you, what is Belichick great at? It's your time, you're done. Sorry, bye. <laughs> Seriously. No, I know. No, I, it's a brutal sport. I know. No, but I mean, there's not, there, I'm dead. It sounds completely callous and like I'm a jerk, and perhaps I am. 
But this is one league where, I, where you have to draw that line and you have to make decisions that hurt people. And I agree with you. And I 100% buy into the Bill Belichick theory. And he's not the first. I think oh, this, no. I think this goes, I think the actual first no. person to state this as their philosophy was Branch Rickey, who said, I'd rather get rid of a player one year too early than one year too late. I like the brand. That's good. You like that? So Knuckles right there. You like Maybe that? That's good. Branch, a branch Ricky. Ricky. Love that. Reference? Yes. How about that? It's fantastic. Thank you. I'm not even old enough to make a Branch Ricky reference. I don't you, think I am. You sort of are, though. You think? Just from, from the history books and all that? <laughs> yeah, you sort of are. Declan says no. No. Thank you, Declan. Yeah, I appreciate no, 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 no. Not that but, he was around for Branch, but you can make it from a knowledge of sports. I, I buy into that theory, though. Huh? And if there was a way to use the resources that they used on Everson Griffin to 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 get get more for their buck in terms of the improvement that a guy could bring to their team, I would say go ahead and do it. I just don't. I didn't see that in this off season. I, like I said, I was I was underwhelmed by the offensive linemen I, that were on the market. I'm not trying to say that they were great, but I do think that that in our business, unless you were a complete film geek like Collar. That class of guys ordinarily doesn't like strike us as being fantastic unless it's one or two just phenomenal Pro Bowl players. I'm okay with them trying to improve the offensive line through the scheme of Gary Kubiak and the guys that they drafted. I think an age is too high, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not shocking because I you don't give A's. I never be You've already stated that you don't give high. A's. I think so. an A's too high. <laughs> That's fine. What do you think? 651-646-8255. You can tweet us at SKOR North. If we meet in the middle, I think we're giving him what? Like an A minus, a solid B? A B plus. Somewhere in between your B minus and my we're, A. We're not getting to an A. <laughs> B plus. You give him an A, I give him a B minus, B plus. You won't even go A minus. I can't even a, negotiate no, you into an A minus. No, no, not unless you buy lunch. <laughs> in which case I'll go full A minus. We're at CHS Field tomorrow. There there won't be a game being played. There will not be a game being played, but I believe they are opening tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. Will any concession stands be open while we're there? Since Uh, you mentioned there are, there there are, there will not be concession stands open while we're there until the end of our show, probably. Mm. But the area around that ballpark has some great restaurants. Oh, cool! All right, we'll grab lunch. You'll love it. It's not, and I'm not, and I'm not kidding. It's no, I believe you. It's not worth it for me to compromise and. Pay for lunch. No, it's not for you to give him nay. I don't care. In fact, the the guy that you met um, at the Loon Stadium, who now is the head chef there on your tasting day, yeah, who was on Top Chef, right? Yes, he was when he was on Top Chef. I believe he was a chef at a uh, bar and restaurant right near CHS Field that Don and I went to last year. That was absolutely great. Handsome Hog is that the name of it? Yes. Thank you very much. Great spot with names. Really good spot. Eric Sutherland. Okay. Well, you'll you will. This area is has developed in the last three or four years now since the ballpark's gone up and it's fantastic now i'm getting hungry now you're making me hungry sorry i'm just no i'm teasing you for it though it'll be exciting it'll be great i won't buy lunch to bribe you into an a again i don't care i don't care enough to do that no i was willing to do it (laughs) i I know i know i just want to go a minus for lunch But if you want me to stick it a B minus, I'll buy my own lunch. Even if I offered to buy lunch, you wouldn't go to a solid A. A. No, No, all right. That's your grade. I can't steal your thumb. Again, it's this is all within the parameters and restrictions of what they could do with the limitations Mm -hmm. that they had. That's the only reason I'm giving them an A. I feel like they they addressed the needs. They got close as close to achieving the goals that they had this offseason as they possibly could. I'll tell you one organization that definitely doesn't get an A. Do you want to talk about this? No, no, go just tease it and we'll come back, right? 
We have a few minutes to talk oh, about it do. now, okay. right? We okay, can, okay. I we can, we we can start this now. No, we can start this no, now. Go. I mean, there's a lot to, to get into here, so we can start it now and then carry it over to the next go. segment. But the, go New, ahead, York, the New York Jets today fired their general manager and named Adam Gase their head coach yeah. as the acting GM. This is a statement from uh, Jets chairman and CEO Christopher Johnson on uh, firing Mike McKagan? Is that how you I think that's close, yes. All right. Uh, This morning I informed Mike that he was being relieved of his duties as general manager of the team effective immediately. Mike helped to execute the strategic vision of the organization (laughs) during the last four seasons and especially the past few months. However, I came to the decision to make a change after much thought and a careful assessment of what would be in the best long-term interest of the New York Jets. I will start a search for our new general manager immediately in the interim. Coach Gase will be the acting general manager. I would like to thank Mike for his time and efforts during his tenure, and I wish only the best for him and his wife, Betty. Which leads me to this simple question. Now that the Cleveland Browns appear to have a clue... Where do the Jets rank if you were to pick your five most dysfunctional, bleeped-up franchises in the National (laughs) Football League? And here's the amazing thing, Rami. I think the Jets and Giants are both in it right now. I I don't understand this move. It's the Jets. They do stuff that makes no sense. But we've seen before... Because you're right, but they do stuff that makes no sense. We've seen before a head coach comes in... And there's a a plan to change the GM, but they let him stick around to 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 execute the draft because he's the guy who's been doing all the scouting. He has all the information. You don't want to start from scratch in terms of getting ready for a draft that late. Yep. So it's sort of predetermined and understood that you're going to do the draft and the GM will be fired afterwards. I hadn't heard anything along those lines when it comes to, to the New York Jets and Mike McKagan. I believe the story I saw today said that the development was shocking. So I think you're right. But let's work this backwards. Is Adam Gase worth all this? This is odd. Is But is Adam Gase, you know, who didn't succeed with the Dolphins, who I think is probably, if you were to give him the benefit of the doubt and pay him a compliment, a pretty decent offensive mind, right? Yeah, probably. I actually... But is Adam Gase worth... Worth this, and what on earth would cause you to give him control of the fifty-three? Well, they're roster? saying act, acting yeah. GM, and they're going to conduct a search still, for the what, new GM. I don't want him having control of that. Uh, uh, and and again, there isn't a lot of GM work to be done right now, is there? But he could make decisions at all. I don't want him to. He's. I don't think he's capable. And and furthermore, he's cut Sam Darnold tomorrow. What's he going to do? I I just don't want anything to come across his desk. I don't trust him. But the other thing that I don't get is. And it's the Jets, so I'll preface it by saying that. But if you're the Jets, okay, if you thought that there was a problem with this guy at all, don't you start by firing him and Todd Bowles, and you get a GM who then makes a decision on the coach? Yes. So how do we get here? And the saddest thing that I could say is, I'm not surprised we got here because it's the Jets. Right. It's just Browns-like. Right. Former Browns. Old Former Browns. Browns. Yeah. Not the current Browns. Not these Browns. These ain't your daddy's Browns. But... You got the Giants. You got the Jets. You got these franchises. I don't know what they're doing. So you want to know the top five most dysfunctional and clueless franchises in the NFL right now. Now, That's what we're going to do. Now that I think Cleveland needs to be removed from that conversation. Declan, you want in on this? You want to give your list of five? My uh, the most dysfunctional, most NFL dysfunctional, teams? clueless NFL teams in the league right now. Yeah, we can get on that. Now that the Browns have climbed into it and the Jets have secured a spot, that's five, Declan. That's St. Cloud State math. 
5365. Got that's it. That's okay. the number of fingers you have on one hand. That's this many. It's like Sesame five. Street. Yeah, that's five. this many. Today's number five. is five. Five bets. <laughs> Count, can you say five? Oh, Four, oh, five. Oh. So if you want to get in on it to 651-646-8255, let's throw some more numbers at you. Tweet us at Score North, the most dysfunctional, clueless franchises in the NFL right now. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. Daily on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app. If you like this show, search uh, Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts or on Spotify. It's also available at scorenorth.com and on the Score North mobile app. That's available in the Google and Apple Play stores. And uh, coming up at 1 o'clock, we have the Score North first place twins show. Myself, Derek Wetmore, and Judd Zelgad will be uh, talking some twins with you from 1 until 2. And we're bringing you twins talk now five days per week. Search Score North Twins wherever you download podcasts and blah, 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 all that other stuff I just said about the Vikings shows. Uh, right now, we are ranking the five most dysfunctional teams in the NFL. Dysfunctional and incompetent teams in the NFL as the uh, New York Jets do their best to climb their way up those rankings by firing their GM today unexpectedly and naming Adam Gase their first-year head coach as their uh, acting GM while they conduct a search. Because I don't prepare uh, ahead of time and procrastinate. Which I think is fine. And do things at the last minute. I was trying to come up with my list during the break, Judd and Declan, and um, it's hard to narrow it down (laughs) to five. Can I tell you... (laughs) Did I hear you say nine at one point? Yeah. yeah. I, can we can we whittle this down together? Because I'm pretty sure, sure there are teams that we all probably yeah. have on our lists, right? That we all have in uh, common. I, yes. Okay. I, I prepped this out super hard. I mean, come on. I just wrote, literally showing. I just wrote teams down on my Star, Star Tribune, Tribune with uh, names. I put a lot of work into this. Down onto yes. Go it. ahead. The Dolphins. <laughs> the these are the nine who I think are contenders for the five most dysfunctional. And incompetent NFL teams. If you want to get in, 651-646-8255. Dolphins, Bills, Jets, which is remarkable to think that all three of those teams are in the same division. (laughs) And it makes a little bit of sense now why the Patriots have been so successful. Because six of their regular season games are basically wins. And not really things they have to worry about. Then you have the Bengals, who I think their dysfunction and incompetence is underrated because they make the playoffs. But when you look at how long they stuck with Marvin Lewis, when you look at how many felons they've had come through that organization, some of them multiple times, it is a very dysfunctional organization, and the ownership there is very stuck in the past. All you need to know is that last time I checked, the Bengals practice underneath a bridge overpass in Cincinnati. That's about right. And they don't have a dome to practice in. That seems they did not put right. a roof. They on did it. not put a roof on. They it. did not. They practice, and I'm not kidding you. They practice like below a freeway. That's hilarious and appropriate. I had Jacksonville as one of my nine. Um, yeah, they're on mine. Judd makes a good point, though. I, I I think that they're maybe the first team that I scratch off on my list of nine. They could be getting out of there. I think they've climbed their way out. Didn't you? They made an AFC championship. Yeah, they made an game AFC two championship game two years ago with a really with a great defense. Yeah, I. I and they've, you know what? They've been back and forth. Now, now Tom Coughlin gives them a fighting chance to be dysfunctional because he's so damn old school. But I can't put them in my current five. Okay, uh, the Raiders I had in my list of nine contenders. I've got the Raider circled. Giants, Redskins, and Lions yep. are the last three. 
How do we narrow? How do we shave this down okay. to five? Because all of these are deserving. Yeah, they are. You, they're all deserving. You just made a great case for the Bengals, who I didn't have because their dysfunction has been so consistent. It's brilliant. It flies off the radar. It, it does. They I, were in my five. Okay, here's who I've got circled now. Oh, and and I had and this team is not included, but in my uh, potential teams, I had Tampa Bay, but I think. Um, now that they've Bruce got Arians. Bruce Arians coaching I them. I had the same thought. I'd like him, and I think he's really good. I think he settles things. So I've got circled. I've got the Jets. I've got the Giants. The Raiders, who I think still have a fighting chance to be just a complete gong show. I've got the Cardinals now. Mm, Arians is gone. This. They change coaches. This team at times... For ages, um, pre Arians was just horribly run, and then and then they got they drafted Fitzy. W- Warner had the run as their quarterback and was actually very good, but they've been terrible at times and completely dysfunctional. So I've got Jets, Giants, Raiders, Cardinals, and then my fifth one's tough, but I think Rami's got a point. The Bengals might be it. The Bengals have a, a real consistency of being a dumpster fire. <laughs> no, they you're do. right. They do. They're you're just, right, and I don't know if many people realize they're, it. There and and the thing that that they have that is impressive is they have been owned by the same guy, the same people, and they've been terribly run for a long time. All right. So right now, the the ones that we have in common, Judd, and again, we're whittling this down. We'll go over Declan's list in a second. Is the Jets, the Bengals, the Giants, and the Raiders, who I don't feel that strongly about when you talk about dysfunction and incompetence. I think that John Gruden just might be crazy like a fox. Right. I I've, I've said before, I love the Khalil Mack trade as a Bears fan. I'm glad we've got Khalil Mack, but I also think that could be a deal that works out for both teams am considering I, where they were. Am I missing the boat on Detroit? Am I missing the boat because Matt Patricia, man, I don't think he's very good. And Detroit, which yeah, I'm which surprised. Got itself, I'm surprised the Lions weren't on your list. Yeah, that surprised me. They're number one on mine. Yeah, I I, I feel pretty strongly about the Lions. I'm torn on Oakland. Okay, because I I feel you might be right, and they might get to Vegas, and they might be absolutely fine. But Gruden was out of the game for a really long time, which can at times cause problems. I don't know for for sure yet. Mayock was. He's a TV guy. I have no idea if he can really do this job because th- there's a big difference between being uh, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, and what Mayock did at NFL Network and now doing what he's trying to do. So I think I'd be tempted, though, maybe to substitute Oakland, take them off, and put Detroit on because I think Detroit is going back into oblivion again, and when they get there, they're very good at it. All right. So we've convinced you to... Take also, Detroit off the list. Nope. And put Detroit on, the, put on, Detroit the, list on the list. And, and cross the Raiders off. Yeah, because I okay. think the, the, Giants, the Giants, to me, it's just a gong so show. So I think we're in agreement on four. Jets, Bengals, Giants, and Lions. Okay. We've gone through Judd and Mai's list. I think we've narrowed it down to four of the five. Declan? I have the Bengals. Okay. The Redskins. All right. The Jets. I had the Jaguars as two. But they might be doing enough to get out. You may have convinced me to, get, to cross them they're off still my list. Not, I still don't have a lot of faith in the Jaguars, right. but enough that they're out of it, the top five. It reminds five. me of uh, Batman Dark Knight Rises when he's trying to get out of that tomb and he has to jump. Yes. That he can e- they can either get out or he's falling back to the abyss. Exactly. That's a great it's analogy. A great right? analogy. Thank you. That Judd has no, no idea. No clue Even whatsoever. I shut my mic off. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> and, and number one for me is the Detroit Lions. Yeah, right. like, like Judd said, they... 
I don't like Patricia. They've been wasting Matthew Stafford, I think, for a long time. They've never really built up a good defense. Like, what, one playoff run since Stafford's been there? And that was one playoff game, not even a run. Uh, so I have them as number one. Give that to me again. You had the Jets? I had the Jets as one. Mm-hmm. I had the Jags at two. Okay. And then the Jets, Redskins, Bengals. That was one through five That where I just gave it to you. Okay. All right. So the Lions is my number one. I, I feel like we might be in unison on that one. I think we are. Yeah. So here's what I have. All of us agree on the Lions. Yes. All of us agree on the Bengals. Yep. All of us agree on the Jets. Yeah. Those are three for sure of the Those five most dysfunctional and incompetent teams in the NFL. They're right. written in pen. Now we're split on, it comes down to these three teams for the last two spots in the power rankings of most incompetent NFL teams. Mm-hmm. The Giants, the Redskins, and the Cards for the last two spots. Oh. I, I Giants, was, Redskins. I was if thinking we're coming cards, to, If we're coming to a consensus decision here on our lists, those are the three teams in I've, contention for the last two spots. I feel like Washington and Daniel Snyder is yeah. crazy, but I don't think they belong. I think it's the Cardinals right now and the Giants. The Giants GM is, what's he doing? <laughs> Gettleman is, at, and he's defiant about it. Like, he thinks he knows. He's got no clue. He's got no clue. Poor, you know, poor Shermer took that. He left a nice job here where Zim loved him, and he was doing a great job as the O.C., Take that job. And you got it. I mean, you're stuck with Eli. You know and, what? And now you're being given a quarterback from Duke who they took probably way too high. And I have already said before that if I was, if I owned the Arizona Cardinals and the general manager and the brain trust came to me and said, you know that coach that we hired last year and that quarterback that we traded up for to take with number 10? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. We exactly. want to launch both of them this year and start all over again. I'd be like, uh, thanks for your input, but you're fired. Yeah. If I'm the owner of the Cardinals, <laughs> yeah. like, cause you took those guys. That was your decision. Yes. And you're, you want to give up. It was such a bad decision that you made well, that you want to give up on them after a year. You're fired. And don't forget, you also went, you also went to the people that own the team as Steve Kime, their GM, and you said, okay, I'm hitting the reset. And they're like, okay, what? I'm firing or I'm hiring the OC from Southern Cal who was just you fired. You might be selling me on the cards. Who was just fired as the head coach in college because I think he's such an offensive genius. And they're going to be like, well, but he got right. fired in college. Why? Because he knows Sean McVay. Yeah. He's, they're, they're trying to mimic the Sean McVay. That's exactly no, what but, they're trying to do. But with if it. I told you that and you said, okay, Judd, what's your plan here? And I'm, and I said to you, I want to. F- Hire a just fired college coach, and you'd be like, "Well, that seems odd." And then I say, "But you know, Sean McVay. He was friends with him. They were buddies. They I had can beers show together. You, I can show you our high school yearbook together. <laughs> Here's where he signed it. Best summer ever. I think Judd has sold me. I think Arizona. I think Judd has. I think Judd has sold me on the Arizona Cardinals being one of the five most dysfunctional, incompetent teams in the NFL. I can get down with that. All right. Well, who drafts and who drafts a quarterback and does what you just said? And a head coach. And a head coach. Yeah. Like you you made the two most important decisions that a front office could make yeah. in one offseason. Yep. And then in a matter of one year, you decided nah. that was the wrong choice. <laughs> Those were both the wrong choice. You had swung yeah. and missed. I would fire myself if I was the GM. I'd be like, you know what? I, I really, really did a bad job. I'm going to step away from this. Yeah, I think I don't, right. I don't even believe in the guys I picked a year ago. Perhaps I should be doing something else. <laughs> Perhaps I right. need a new career. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that might be what I would say if I was him. So we have the Jets, the Bengals, the Giants, 
the Lions and the Cardinals as the five most dysfunctional, incompetent teams in the NFL. Poor New York fans. That's a that's a strong list we came I up with. I don't really care about them, but I mean, you got the Jets and the Giants are just. And when did the Giants? Yeah, you made it quite clear with your morning Judd video segment at Score North on Twitter yeah, today that you don't care about New York. Well, yeah, and their, Nick, their Nick, struggles. Knicks fans can bite it, but when you know my youth, the Giants turned the corner in the '80s at some point with Parcells there, mm-hmm. and became this just heritage. Phil Simms, great franchise. Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson. The Giants were this just bastion from the '80s on of stability, and now it's just embarrassing. It really is. Dave Gettleman no has no idea what he's doing, and he's defiant about it. Yeah, at least that's the part act I like love. at least act like you know I'm okay. I don't get it. I'm a moron. <laughs> I'm trying my best, but that. I'm a moron. I don't think he's allowed to say that. I don't think that would best serve him. I don't know to say I'm a moron and I don't know what I'm doing. Well, but you know what? We all know he is. So. That's true. I mean, I there mean is, it's there not is, hard to figure there's out. There's a lot of debate here. You just took a quarterback from Duke with, what, the sixth overall pick in the draft when everyone said, just wait for your next pick to come up in the first round. You can take the same guy. Yeah. No one was going to take him first. It made absolutely no No one was going to no jump sense. them. And that was just... Haskins, maybe, but not that one. That was just one decision in a string of decisions that did not make sense for the New York Giants. Yeah, right? it, it screams Christian Ponder 2.0. It's, just, it's reaching for him. That's why the Giants make our list. See, we're over here taking joy in other people's dis- dysfunction and incompetence. You got to throw in Christian Ponder. You had to yeah, bring I had Vikings to. fans down, I had Declan. To. I had to. That's not I'm at sorry. all where we were going with well, this. Well, you know, I, I had an opportunity and I struck. Fortunately for, fortunately for the Vikings, they are nowhere near that list. Yeah. And to their are. credit, have no, not, no it, nowhere near this list. They've been organizationally dysfunctional at times with players and things. Now, now it, that's been a while, but they are... Nowhere near the list of. By the way, Gong Show. Had you asked me a year ago, I would have probably had my Bears on this list. I remember having the discussion. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, I remember having the discussion with my brother and and uh, yeah. mutual friends of ours who are Bears fans and saying, "Guys, we're the Browns. Like this isn't well." When you guys, when your GM went behind John Fox's back but didn't fire him right. and drafted Trubisky. It was comical. That was a joke. That's the type of dysfunctional stuff that lands you on a list like this. And when you look at the string of futility that they had of not making the playoffs and of missing on draft picks, of embarrassing free agent signings, yeah. of, of, of incidents like you just talked about where you don't tell the head coach that you're drafting a quarterback after you just signed a quarterback in free agency – that's the type of stuff that lands you on this list. And all of a sudden, in one offseason, and this is why I understand why guys like you and Collar think the Bears are a candidate to take a step back next year, because when things pop up like this, they do have, I don't want to say a tendency in this league, but the capability yeah. of falling right back off. Absolutely. In one offseason, a bunch of his draft picks came of age and, and took that next step in their development. And he went out and got. Khalil Mack, and it looks like he got a pretty good head coach in Matt Nagy, and that's the most and all this, and thing. that and that in one off season turned turned them around from being on this list to winning twelve games in the NFC North. Was Gaze good there as OC? He was very good there. Okay, which and, is and, why I, I and actually, Fox was retiring on the job, right? Yeah, that was basically the perception. Yes. Okay, I never had any faith in John Fox, who, by the way, was a good coach at one time. Sure, but he was not in Chicago. No. And he's never been a guy who could finish it off. Like, he was always yeah. a coach who could get you close, and then you fire him and you bring in somebody else to finish the job. That's what happened with him in Denver. Yeah, He was true. head coach in Denver right before they, they right. won the Super Bowl, and then they brought in Kubiak. Solid point. So for these teams, maybe that's the ray of hope. 
that in one offseason, actually, you know what? The go, Bears went from being on this list to go through the list again, please. Okay. Now this is the five, right? Not the I'll ten gi- that we whittled it down from. Five. And I'll, five. I'll give you who's got a fighting chance and who doesn't. Jets, Bengals, Giants, Lions, and Cards. Okay, the Jets don't. Ownership dysfunctional. That screws you. Who's second? Uh, Bengals. And this is not in any order. Same problem. Same problem. Giants. That's the weird thing. The Giants used to be so well run and owned, and I don't know what happened. I fear they are sinking into that abyss for their sake. The reason I think the Giants could be the team on this list to turn it around is because you have Saquon Barkley and you have a bunch of assets that you acquired in the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. If you use them properly, maybe it's not Dave Gettleman, if somebody uses them properly, that's a team that could turn it around pretty fast. Lions, I know a lot of people really like the offseason that the Lions just had between free agency and the draft. I know, but they just always seem to go backwards. They always seem to be the Lions. Yes, they do. That's really all you need to say. And then the Cardinals, they just got Kyler Murray. We'll see. That can change an organization. That can change a franchise. Fired college coach because they're convinced it's going to work because he knows Sean McVay. If you missed any portion of this show, check out the Score North mobile app available for Apple and Android. Search Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts or go to scorenorth.com. For Judd and Declan, I'm Rami saying thanks for listening. Score North, first place twins show coming up next. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.